Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome into the pump fake, everybody. Wednesday, December 13th, we're heading into week 15 in the NFL season. Talking MVP candidates today. I've been talking about it a lot the past few days in terms of on, on Twitter, on threads, writing about it a lot. So I figured I might as well make one of the podcasts about this this week. Um, there's a select few guys that are kind of getting the... Uh, the share of MVP talk right now. And the leader in that clubhouse resides in Dallas and is who I would personally pick for MVP right this moment. And that's Dak Prescott. And if you look at Dak's numbers right now, he currently leads the league in touchdown passes, second in QBR, third and passer rating. And since week six, he's been on an absolute tear. Of all quarterbacks with at least 100 pass attempts, Dak leads all of them in adjusted EPA per play and success rate. And over his last eight games, Dak is averaging... 306 passing yards a game, 23 touchdowns, two picks, and the Cowboys are 7-1 and one in that span. So for most, most sports books right now, have him as the odds-on favorite to win MVP. I would agree that he is should be the MVP at this point in the season. Still got a month left where we're going to see how it plays out. But as of right now, he's the MVP of the league. It would be hard to argue that he's not. But if you want to, you know, there's a few people in that conversation right now. Some people will say, oh, Brock Purdy is the MVP of 2023. Some people will say Tua Tungavailoa is the MVP. If you want to get a little bit, you know, Want to be a little bit different. Some might say Lamar Jackson. And if you don't want a quarterback at all to win it, you might say Christian McCaffrey or Tyreek Hill, which is a fun conversation to have. And if anything, Tyreek Hill showed how valuable he was this past Monday night. But if you want to be correct, you say that if Dak Prescott isn't the MVP right now, it's Josh Allen. And I know everybody watching who has followed me for a long time or anybody listening who has listened to this show for a while is probably like rolling their eyes because you know how much I like Josh Allen. You know how unapologetically he is my favorite player in the league. And you're going to, you know, roll your eyes, do whatever you do. Say, all right, Jared, look, those are seven and six. He's not winning MVP unless they went out. Which they very well could, by the way. 
but allow me to make the case because I will. Because amidst this season for the Buffalo Bills full of shooting themselves in the foot, Sean McDermott having to apologize for rallying his team in the name of 9-11, the whole Von Miller situation, amidst all of the noise, Josh Allen has been maybe the best player in football. He currently leads the NFL with 35 total touchdowns. No one else has more than 31. He currently leads the NFL in total offensive yards. And in three of the Bills' losses, Josh Allen gave the Bills the lead with less than two minutes remaining in the game. And the defense of Sean McDermott blew it. Whether that be against New England, where Mac Jones marched right down the field on the Bills' defense and scored with nine seconds left. Whether that be against Denver, where they had 12 guys on the field during a missed field goal, and Denver retried the kick and won the game. Whether it be against Philadelphia, where Sean McDermott got ultra-conservative, which led to the Eagles winning in overtime. Because if Buffalo holds on to the lead, in those three games, or hell, even in just two of them, they're sitting at eight and five or nine and four. And Joshua Patrick Allen is without a doubt leading the way in terms of the MVP conversation and the odds on favorite to win the award. And don't worry, I'll save you the part where you guys point and laugh at, ah, ha, ha, 14 interceptions. He can't be the league MVP. A lot of interceptions. We've had this. I've gone on this rant before on this show. Not long ago, I went on this rant. Because let's go back to Sunday. Josh Allen threw an interception in that game. You know who else did? Patrick Mahomes did. And amidst all the bitching and moaning about an offsides call that was correctly called on Kadarius Toney. Had the Bills lost that game, the conversation would have been up. Josh Allen threw an interception and the Bills lost. It's Josh Allen's fault. But when the Chiefs lose, we don't talk about Patrick Mahomes' interceptions. It's got to be some somebody else's fault, right? Because Josh Allen continues to be the most undervalued, underappreciated, and over-scrutinized player in the NFL. And on top of leading the league in total touchdowns and total yards, he's also fourth in the NFL in EPA plus CPOE composite. That's completion percentage over expected plus estimated points added. And he's also third in the NFL in EPA per play. And if you want to talk about more advanced numbers, he's got a higher pass rating than Joe Burrow did before he got hurt. He's amongst the league leaders in QBR too. Better than the likes that everybody else likes. Everybody seems to like Lamar Jackson. Guess what? He's playing better than Lamar Jackson. People have been really fawning over Trevor Lawrence. He's played better than Trevor Lawrence. He's played better than Justin Herbert. 
And by the way, Justin Herbert, you know, I love Justin Herbert. Another really just over scrutinized guy in the league who's now gone for the year. And he's also what he is doing is more impressive than what Brock Purdy and Tua are doing. This isn't going to be a show where I bash Brock Purdy or Tua. It's not what this is meant to be whatsoever. But when we have conversations like this, or when I try to have conversations like this, the other side won't hear it because as soon as they hear the phrase, I don't think that Brock Purdy is the MVP or I don't think Tua is the MVP, they automatically chalk it up to me saying, oh, you just think Tua sucks. You just think Brock Purdy sucks. No, they're both good. They aren't elite. And what they're doing is largely similar. Because what Tua and Brock Purdy are doing are executing a system really well. Because look at what Purdy has at his disposal. And Benjamin Solak did a really good job of breaking... Uh, breaking this down for the ringer uh, during his play sheet where he's breaking down a play in which uh, Brock Purdy uh, just throws a, you know, a dump off check down about seven yards downfield to Debo Samuel, which it was the right read to make at the time. And he pauses it and he says, guess how many yards Debo Samuel gained here? And, you know, there's a few Seahawks around. It looked like, okay, he might gain, you know, a few extra yards, maybe get a gain of 11. He gains 30 yards. And the fact of the matter is, is that it's much easier to make your numbers look as great as they are when you got guys that can do that. I find it more impressive for a guy like CJ Stroud, the season that he's having right now. When he came into the league as a rookie with a new head coach in Houston, new staff in Houston, and his leading receiver coming into his rookie season was Nico Collins, who entered the year with a career high of 37 receptions last season. He had 36, not even two months into the season. CJ Stroud helped turn fellow rookie Tank Dell into a household name. Tank Dell is awesome. And we now know that in large part because his quarterback is also awesome. And now Tank Dell's gone for the year. And now CJ Stroud's going to have who to throw to? He still has Nico Collins. Nico Collins is, you know, he's having an, a really career year in large part because of CJ Stroud. Okay. He's got Dalton Schultz at tight end, Noah Brown at receiver, John Mechie, Devin Singletary. Oh, and by the way, his right tackle's gone for the year because he hurt his knee. Let's go back to the Josh Allen discussion. Okay, Josh Allen, if I had to ask you to guess who is his leading receiver against Kansas City, and if you didn't watch it or if you just might not know off the top of your head, you'd probably guess who? Stephon Diggs, and you'd be incorrect. Stephon Diggs only had four catches for 24 yards. And you'd probably say, oh, okay, well, maybe Gabe Davis. You would also be incorrect because Gabe Davis has five games this year in which he has caught one or zero passes. Maybe Dalton Kincaid. 
he's come alive a little bit for them. And he had a respectable game, but it also wasn't Dalton Kincaid. It was James Cook, his running back. Because Buffalo has struggled to find anybody to be a competent number two alongside Diggs. Now, Dalton Kincaid has been a nice piece over the last two months or so since they finally started using him. But there's a large difference between having a tight end be you know, your number two guy or having a receiver be your number two guy because there's not really a big home run aspect to a tight end. They'll get you nice chunks of yards and whatnot. Get you eight yards at a time, nine yards at a time. They can catch and run you know, 15 yards at a time. But you're not getting that over-the-top, take-the-top-off-a-defense-type play that you would if you had a competent number two receiver. They thought Gabe Davis was going to be that after the playoff game in Kansas City almost two years ago now. But he's the most unserious football player in the world. And the fact that he somehow gets a C on his chest every week when he has five games of one or fewer catches, and the only time we seem to hear his name called is when he's messing up, turning the wrong way against Philadelphia instead of turning in toward the middle of the field where he would have caught the game-winning touchdown, he turns out toward the pylon. That's a problem. Josh Allen is doing this with receivers outside of Stephon Diggs with the likes of Trent Sherfield, Deontay Hardy. Those aren't big names here, guys. Khalil Shakir. They don't really have a go-to number two guy. And guess what? Josh Allen is still doing the things that he's doing. And the Bills don't win at all this season if Josh Allen doesn't go off in almost every game. They had games against you know the Washington Commanders when they still had a largely healthy defense and they picked off Sam Howell four times and they didn't really need Josh Allen to be you know Superman in that game. But look at what he had to do for them to win against Kansas City. He had to make two of the craziest plays I've ever seen. One of them was a little bit more tame than the other, but he's scrambling to his right. He's just kind of standing in, in motion or standing still and trying to like fake out defenders with his shoulders. He's like a little shoulder fake and then just sidearm throws it around a Chiefs linebacker to Dalton Kincaid to move the chains. Or the play that we've all seen when he's scrambling toward the left sideline and then he falls out of bounds and hits a fadeaway jumper like he's Dirk Nowitzki in the post to Latavius Murray on the run. These are the things that he has to do or Buffalo won't win. Patrick Mahomes hasn't needed to do that this year because their defense is good. The Chiefs have scored less than 21.7 times this year, and they're still leading the AFC West. They're still going to win the AFC West. They haven't needed Patrick Mahomes to be Superman this year. The Bills have needed the Bills have needed Josh Allen to not only be Superman, but he has to be Batman. He has to be Green Lantern, Martian Manhunter. The he has to be the entire Justice League or the Bills don't win. And again, you can look at the record and say, oh, oh, well, he can't be MVP. But if you look a little bit deeper, you say, oh, man, they could be 10-3 and three right now if they held on to leads. He gave them the lead in three other games that they should have won. And if he did and they were sitting at 10-3 and three right now, he would be the unquestioned most valuable player of the league. Despite what everybody wants you to believe that he has an interception problem or a turnover problem. This isn't an epidemic. If he was throwing 40 interceptions or 30 interceptions, then yeah, I'd listen to you there. But he's not. He's throwing a few more interceptions than everybody else. But when he makes five more, five to 10 more plays per game than everybody else tends to do, I can live with that. 
Guess what? He threw an interception against the Chiefs, and they won. People are making way too big a deal about this, man. Way too big a deal. Leading the NFL in total touchdowns. Leading the NFL in total yards. Top five in EPA plus CPOE composite. Top five in QBR. Top five in just about any stat that you want to talk about. And if his defense holds on at the end in three games in which he put them on top, the unquestioned most valuable player of the NFL is Josh Allen. Now let's talk about the other side of this coin because people in Miami, people in San Francisco will argue that it's Brock Purdy. That is Tua Tungavailoa. Well, as I just pointed out, it's much easier to do such things when you've got Debo Samuel catching seven-yard curls and running for 30 yards, as Ben Solak of the Ringer pointed out in his play sheet. You got CJ Stroud, who has Noah Brown, John Mechie, no more tanked up for the rest of the year, Dalton Schultz. You got Josh Allen, who outside of Stephon Diggs is relying on Gabe Davis, who doesn't show up, Khalil Shakir, Trent Sherfield, Deontay Hardy. Excuse me for thinking that, okay, Brock Purdy probably has it a lot easier than other guys and isn't asked to do so much. And his numbers are a little bit inflated because he has the best play caller in the NFL. He's got Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, a good offensive line. Oh, and by the way, a top five defense that added Chase Young at the trade deadline. Excuse me if thinking that having Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell is definitely helping you out. We saw what happened when Tyreek Hill isn't in the game against Tennessee. Tua Tungvaluwa did not look good. And again, it's not to say that Tua or Brock Purdy aren't good, that they're terrible. They are not. They are both good quarterbacks. They aren't elite guys. So right now, if you said, who's the MVP of the NFL? My answer would be Dak Prescott is number one, but Josh Allen isn't far behind him. And it just so happens that we get to see those two square off in week 15 in Buffalo, where the Dallas Cowboys are coming off their biggest win of the year against the Philadelphia Eagles. They are seven and one in their last eight. The Buffalo Bills are coming off their biggest win of the year against the Kansas City Chiefs and need to keep winning to keep a foot in the AFC playoff race, but they did get a little bit of help in the form of the Tennessee Titans defeating Miami Dolphins on Monday Night Football because all of a sudden you look at both teams' schedules and, oh my goodness, the Buffalo Bills, they might be able to pull off one of the craziest in-season comebacks in a division that we've seen in a long time because look at Miami's schedule. They got the Jets this week. That's a game that they should and probably will win. And then they've got the Dallas Cowboys and the Baltimore Ravens in consecutive weeks. And they close out the year at home against the Buffalo Bills. If Buffalo wins out up until week 18, they've got the Dallas Cowboys and they face the Easton Stick-led Los Angeles Chargers in Los Angeles. And then they play the New England Patriots at home before they travel to Miami to end their season. If they enter that game, having won all three of their games and are entering with the same record as the Miami Dolphins, let's say that the Dolphins lose to 
the Dallas Cowboys and the Baltimore Ravens. Hell, let's say that the that they only lose one of those games. Let's say that the Dolphins go two and one down this stretch. Well, if the Bills win in that situation in week 18, guess what? The Buffalo Bills win the AFC East. So they just need Dallas or Baltimore, or hell, the Jets maybe, <laughs> to give them one loss. Hell, they could get two. And if the Dolphins enter that game with the same amount of losses or one more loss than the Bills, and Buffalo wins, Buffalo wins the AFC East. And what seemed improbable just, what, a week ago at this time, now looks very possible, especially with all the injuries that the Dolphins have, that the Buffalo Bills can rally. And if they beat Dallas this Sunday, that is a very easy road to get to Miami with a chance to win the division. Now, even if they don't win the division at that point, it looks like they would have enough wins to get in as the wild card. But if they do win the division, then we're looking at a situation where these two teams are running it back the very next week in Buffalo in the wild card round. Because if the Bills won the division, odds are Miami is going to be the five seed and odds are the Bills are going to be the four seed. Depending on what happens with Jacksonville and the AFC South now. But it's very possible we get Bills Dolphins in consecutive weeks in week 18 in the wild card round with week 18 taking place in Miami. And if Buffalo wins wild card weekend, we are Bills Dolphins from Orchard Park. And by the way, if they do pull that off, Josh Allen should get MVP votes. Especially if they win this Sunday against Dallas and Allen goes off and is a huge reason why. Then we're going to start saying, oh, okay, yeah, he's, we got to start talking about giving Josh Allen the MVP. And it would be a little bit unprecedented, I guess, just because, all right, the Bills aren't going to be the one seed. They're going to be the four or the three. Who gives a shit? I'm not the biggest basketball guy, but if I do recall, when Russell Westbrook won the MVP for the Thunder, when he averaged a triple-double, I think the Thunder were like the sixth seed. Who cares? Because no one is more valuable to their team right now than Josh Allen is. And if you put Brock Purdy... On the Buffalo Bills, they've won, what, three games this year, maybe? You can take Brock Purdy and put him on the Houston Texans. Got news for you. They ain't as good as they are right now. And again, this isn't to say that Brock Purdy is a bad quarterback, but he's not as good as Josh Allen. He's not as good as C.J. Stroud. And what he's doing right now, though his numbers are better, it is not as impressive as what Josh Allen is doing. It is not as impressive as what Dak Prescott is doing. It's not as impressive as what CJ Stroud is doing. And if the Buffalo Bills keep this train rolling and we end up having them win the division and come back from what seemed like an impossible deficit to overcome, then the Josh Allen MVP conversations really need to be had. Like I said, right now, it's Dak Prescott. He's played incredible football for the past two months. First month of the season, it wasn't horrible football, but it wasn't great. You know, he had you know average football. And then last eight games, he's really lit it up. 23 touchdowns, two picks. Cowboys are 7-1. and one. 
He's doing fantastic stuff. CD Lamb is really benefiting from it too. Because remember at the beginning of the year, everybody was asking, where the hell is CD Lamb? Why are they not getting him the ball? And then in the Chargers game, when all this really started getting going heavily, that's when things really started to change for them. It wasn't the most prettiest of wins. And Mike McCarthy wasted two timeouts. But we saw, okay, that can kind of be looked at as when the Cowboys started playing this well. And Dak went off on Thanksgiving, played really well against Seattle, played really well last week against Philadelphia. So right now he's the most valuable player of the NFL. I don't think too much can be argued there. But Josh Allen's right behind him. 49ers fans might not like hearing that. Miami Dolphins fans might not like hearing that. But, and dare I say, you know, if you're a defensive coordinator in the league, Josh Allen scares the hell out of you. You don't want to face Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys right now. You don't want to face the Dolphins, but it ain't necessarily because of Tua. It's because number 10, one of the fastest humans alive, is what makes that offense go. You don't want to face the San Francisco 49ers, but it's because of Christian McCaffrey. It's because of number 19, Debo Samuel. It's because of Brandon Ayuk. It's because of George Kittle. It's because of that defense. And I just have a hard time buying into one of those two getting the MVP award when they aren't even the most valuable players on their own offense. And that's what it comes down to for me. The Dallas Cowboys are not where they are without Dak Prescott. The Buffalo Bills sure as hell aren't where they are without Josh Allen. But if you put somebody else where, in, in the position of Tua Tagovailoa, you put somebody else, like you put Jared Goff in either of those situations. Because I think Jared Goff is the perfect comp for both of them. If they have anything pretty good around them, they can do good things. I love Jared Goff. He's not an elite quarterback. He's a good quarterback. Same way that Brock and Tua are good quarterbacks. But we saw what happened when Jared Goff initially left Detroit, or initially left Los Angeles, got traded to Detroit. It wasn't good. But now, you look at what they have. They have a really good offensive line, a really good play caller in Ben Johnson, and capable weapons. Amon Ross St. Brown, David Montgomery, Jameer Gibbs, Sam Laporta at tight end. You give all of that to Jared Goff, he's going to make it work. If you put Jared Goff in Buffalo, that team has four wins. And I think that's, that's a perfect comp for Brock Purdy and Tua. Good quarterbacks who can take advantage of really good systems around them, and if given the elements, given the ingredients to cook, they can. But if you ask them to make chicken salad out of chicken shit, they can't do it. And I know I've said this a lot this show, but it's not meant to be a knock on them. Not every quarterback is elite. Some... That's why the elite guys are heralded as they are, because it's so hard to find them. It's hard to find 
a Patrick Mahomes, a Josh Allen, a Joe Burrow, a Justin Herbert. And would, by the way, to all the Justin Herbert naysayers, you're going to see how valuable and how great he is for the rest of the year when you have to watch Easton Stick try to conduct that god-awful toilet souffle of a team. These guys aren't easy to find, which is why they are so heralded. And respectfully speaking to Brock Purdy and Tua Tagovailoa, they just aren't on that level. They are good quarterbacks. They just aren't amongst the elite. And I think whomever wins this Sunday, depending on how they play, obviously, but if the Bills win, it's because Josh Allen went the hell off. And if the Cowboys win and Dak Prescott has another really nice game, I think you can pretty much lock down the MVP for him. But I think it's going to come down to those two. Whether Dak Prescott or Josh Allen gets the MVP. And we get to see them clash this Sunday in Week 15. We're going to be back on this very program to preview Week 15. Who's it going to be with? I don't know yet. Could be Ben Raven, who he's actually going to be here on Thursday uh, to talk some Detroit Lions stuff because Detroit's had a rough rough month and i do want to talk to him about the detroit lions um so we're going to be talking about that and then if it's on that show obviously we'll preview a little bit of week 15 but we'll probably be back saturday do some betting talk do some more week 15 previewing so a lot more to come this week on the pump fake let's preview week 15 as we are gearing up for the playoffs because it's coming and it always goes by very fast so enjoy these last few weeks of the regular season while you can. Because I ain't going to be here much longer. As always, please follow me on Twitter at NFL, On threads at RealJarrettBailey as well. Subscribe to the YouTube if this is how you are watching it. Even if you're listening to it as just a podcast, wherever you get your podcast, if you subscribe to the YouTube uh it would mean a lot to me. So if you just go to YouTube, type in the pump fake Jarrett Bailey, it'll bring me up and you can subscribe. We are almost at 500. Really tried to like put emphasis into pushing that in the last nine months or so. So the fact that it's gotten so many uh, in that short amount of time, that is very nice. I do appreciate it. Um, what else is coming? Oh yeah, uh, read all the stuff. I, I did a write-up of um, my thoughts on the MVP on USA Today. So if you want to read that as well, a lot of rehashing what I just talked about, but that's available on USA Today. Um, behind the Steel Curtain, talking about uh, if the Patriots do indeed move on from Bill Belichick, why the Steelers should follow suit and move on from Mike Tomlin. So go read that over Behind the Steel Curtain. Um, and regardless, I will see you later on in this week to continue reviewing Week 15 and gearing up for the NFL playoffs. Thank you so much for tuning in. Jared Bailey, this is the Pump Fake, and I will see you all soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.